Hey y'all, welcome to the Appalachian Overlook, a metaphorical ride up these winding mountain roads where we'll explore topics and questions about what it means to live a good life in Appalachia. My name is Sarah Saavedra and I'll be your host in these conversations airing here on 90.7 WEHC, the voice of Southwest Virginia, and also available as a podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. On today's episode, I'd like to tackle the topic of gender. Well, not tackle it. I mean, there's no way we can get, you know, into all of the nuances and science of gender in one 28 and a half minute episode, but let's talk about it, right? So gender, uh, men, women, nature versus nurture, what defines manly characteristics versus womanly traits? Are we born or taught gender? Is gender an either or situation? Is gender a trendy topic? You know, where did all these gender non-conforming kids come from? What do we get wrong about gender and how do we have our ingrained ideas about gender affect us, both individually and as a society? If we want to live a good life, part of that involves being compassionate and accepting, knowing more about our fellow neighbors. So let's take a look at gender and overlook hot topic on today's episode of the Appalachian Overlook. All right, folks. Well, there's an awful lot of hate, confusion, and anti-scientific sentiment bombarding us at every turn when it comes to transgender rights. We can turn on any news channel to find people fighting about transgender kids using bathrooms, playing sports, receiving health care. The question that always comes to my mind when I hear news pundits declaring that trans people are destroying the fabric of our society is, have you even ever met a trans person? I have personally been at local school board meetings where trans kids are imagined boogeymen pretending to be women so that they can have easy access to young girls to molest. The basic science about gender versus sex and the nuances of complicated biology and hormones are ignored or disputed to the point of divisiveness where actual discourse is impossible and it becomes more and more dangerous for transgender folks to simply live. I think maybe naively, that we all share values of love for our family and a belief that every human has inalienable rights. So where does that break down in our discussion about gender? First, let's talk about what we do know about gender. Middle school biology tells us that if you have two X chromosomes, you're a female, and XY chromosomes, you're a male. This simplification works to get a basis for biology class when you're, you know, 11 or 12, but it's hardly the whole story. When an embryo initially develops, there is no indication of sex present at all. Until around five weeks, a group of cells clump together with the potential to turn into testes, ovaries, or neither. For this to happen, additional genes come into play, right? It's not just as easy as those chromosomes. A gene identified as SRY first discovered in 1990 This gene is still not fully understood, but it's clear that its function is to send a carefully timed signal to the cells to start developing testes or female gonads or even something in between. And furthermore, genes like DMRT1, TOXL2 maintain certain sexual characteristics through adulthood. Without these genes functioning and constantly active, components of your biological sex can change. 
Here we are simply talking about chromosomes and genes. We haven't even touched secondary sex characteristics affected by hormones like genitals, appearance, behavior, which are all affected by environment, experience, and genes interacting. You can imagine the limitless potential and combinations of all of these things, right? To come together. To me, just all of these factors together, which is just touching the iceberg of the factors that scientists um, have to consider, just already shows the potential of all the different variations and that it's not just as simple as male or female. Okay. This is where it gets complicated from simple biology to more diverse brain properties. In several studies of brain gray matter, white matter, connectivity, hypothalamic response, cortical thickness, and more, it is suggested that transgender brains develop in sex atypical ways, right? They've noticed some differences in the brains of transgender folks. Unfortunately, there aren't as many studies as we need to fully understand why or what it all means. A lot of the studies out there aren't even, you know, double blind or controlled studies or, you know, done taking all of the variations into context to get a good scientific study. So we lack there, right? But the fact is that transgender humans aren't delusional or mentally ill. It's not a choice or an agenda to ruin society, like some would say. Transgender and gender nonconforming people have always existed, will always exist, and to insist that everyone fit into a binary definition that doesn't even exist, that makes us more comfortable, is not only ridiculous, it's dangerous. I'll end this part of the podcast with a quote from a Scientific American blog titled, Stop Using Phony Science to Justify Transphobia authored by Simone D. San in 2019, which I will also link in the podcast notes if you want to read more about the science. Here's the quote. The trans experience provides essential insights into the science of sex and scientifically demonstrates that uncommon and atypical phenomenon are vital for a successful living system. And transgender humans represent the complexity and diversity that are fundamental features of life, evolution, and nature itself. That is a fact. So if we can see sex, a classification based on internal and external bodily characteristics, and gender, a social construct related to biological differences, but also rooted in culture, societal norms, and individual behavior, as two separate complex and infinitely diverse systems, maybe we can start to get curious about gender as a spectrum and where our internal bias may cause harm to our fellow transgender or non-conforming humans. I've noticed most folks I talk to about this topic get stuck because they don't understand. It's just really hard for them to put themselves in the place of a transgender person. I get it. I have always felt like a girl, a woman, a mother, Sure, I don't subscribe to gender roles like a woman's places in the home or other outdated notions, but I feel like the gender that matches my sex, inside and out. But I have learned that you don't have to understand someone's identity to respect it. The very fact that I feel at home in my own body can help me find compassion for those who don't, for the suffering I can imagine that would cause a person. That's the compassion all people deserve. Often transgender humans aren't seen as people. 
They're so often othered and seen as sexual perverts or predators or deranged. Let's make this very clear. Being transgender has nothing to do with sex. A transgender woman may prefer to be romantically involved with men, or they may identify as a lesbian and date women. Sexual preference is a separate topic than gender. And that's just one of the things that is so often frustrating in this conversation is when people get those things mixed up. Just like me feeling like a woman, you know, being a cisgendered woman myself and feeling like a woman in my body has nothing to do, honestly, with my sexual preferences. It's about the feeling of being a woman and what that means to me. So let's just remember that here, that being transgender has nothing to do with your sexual preference. It's about how you feel in your body, the gender that you identify with, okay? When our society once painted all gay men as sexual perverts, we would now reject this notion. It's infuriating to me to see the same treatment of transgender individuals. A transgender child isn't any more likely to sexually molest one of their peers than any other child. A transgender girl or boy wants what all kids want to find friends that they share interests with, to fit in, to be accepted as they learn to navigate the world and be themselves. In fact, they are less likely to do anything that would make them stand out for fear of the social repercussions. You remember being 10, 11, 12, navigating, finding out who you were and all of the drama that came with socialization. This is why the suicide rate among transgender kids is staggering. According to the Trevor Project's third annual national uh, survey, 52% of all trans and non-binary young people in the U.S. seriously contemplated killing themselves in 2020. The intense scrutiny and being targeted by politicians pushing anti-trans legislation. Can you imagine? People in power trying to legislate you out of existence. How scary that must feel, how terrified you would be. The last thing you want is to stand out. Now's a good time to hear a song from my playlist. This week, it just makes sense to feature a non-binary artist, Adeem the Artist. They describe themselves as a seventh generation Carolinian, a makeshift poet, singer, songwriter, storyteller, and blue collar artist. They reside in the hills of East Tennessee, just next door, And you can catch them performing at Bristol Rhythm and Roots Reunion this September. This is their song, I Never Came Out. Oh, boys in tight blue jeans Are driving me crazy Oh, boys in tight blue jeans With legs to go for days Boys Inside blue jeans are driving me wild with their paws and pecky bone style. I never came out, never told my friends about the boys I kissed. And could not resist I never came out No, my daddy had some doubts When I said I'm straight 
with makeup on my face. I didn't have language for the way I felt. Been taught since I was born to other everybody else. And if I was one of me, I could not be one of them. Rainbow loving boys chose to live in sin. I'm not saying this because I'm proud. Never came out. I never came out. I only told my brother how I'd spent the night in bed with pretty men. I never came out. I fell in love before I ever found the words to say. I'm not straight. Didn't have language for the way I felt. Been taught since I was born to other everybody else. And if I was one of me, I could not be one of them. Rainbow loving boys who chose to live in sin. I'm not saying this because I'm proud. Never came out. I don't think it matters to anybody else. But I do think that it's important that you embrace the fullness of yourself. And I'm learning all the ways I let misogyny suppress all of the feminine inside of me. It's pretty sad. But then again, all of that feminine energy is still inside of me. I never came out. Didn't think that it mattered now. That I was married and settled down. I never came out, but I have found sexuality isn't just who you kiss. It's part of your unique identity. Didn't have language for the way I felt. Been taught since I was born to other everybody else, and if I was one of me, I could not be one of them. Rainbow loving boys who chose to live in sin. I'm not saying this 'cause I'm proud. I never came out. You just heard Adeem, the artist, a non-binary artist from East Tennessee who will be playing Bristol Rhythm and Roots this September. We're talking about gender and non-conforming gender here on the Appalachian Overlook. In this episode, you're listening to 90.7 WEHC, the voice of Southwest Virginia. So, okay, we've hopefully established that gender is more complicated than a binary and either or. So how do we... As cisgender folks, meaning we identify as the gender corresponding to our sex, navigate interactions with transgender people. Here are some basic 101 guides for what to do. And hear me say here, I know that this is confusing. If you don't have a trans person in your life, it can be tough to uh, navigate how to handle this. But remember, trans people are just people like we are. Um, and so remembering 
you know, the golden rule, do to others what you would have them do to you, treat people the way you would want them to treat you. That is just really um, important here. So let's start with using the language a transgender person uses for themselves. Just like no two people are the same, no two transgender people are the same. So follow their lead on the pronouns that are right for them. If you don't know, ask politely, respectfully, without making a big deal about it. Here's an example. Hi, I'm Sarah. I use she, her, hers as my pronouns. How about you? If you accidentally use the wrong pronouns, correct yourself and, and move on. Making a big deal and profusely apologizing puts the burden on the transgender person to comfort you and can draw unwanted attention. So I've heard, also heard it say that, especially if you, if you know someone who has recently changed their pronouns, um, that when you just correct yourself, if you say he instead of she, if you just correct yourself and go, oh, I mean she, instead of, I'm so sorry, I mean she, you know, and all of that other, if you just simply correct yourself, it actually does help your brain remember better and more quickly for the next time. So that's a little science there for you. So just correct yourself move on. Don't make a big deal about it. Beyond this, don't ask inappropriate and personal questions. Ask yourself, do I need to know the answer to this question to treat them respectfully? And would I be comfortable if this question was asked of me? Right? I would be offended and uncomfortable if someone asked me about my surgical history or private areas or really any areas of my body. Asking questions about anyone's genitals is so wildly inappropriate and rude, and that goes for transgender folks also, period. This is also the case for medication, right? Hormones a trans person may or may not be taking. Questions about their sexual orientation, right? Nobody just, you know, co coworkers at work don't ask you if you're uh, like men or like women. That's just so inappropriate. So no questions there. Um, talking about their quote unquote birth name, right? We go around calling people by middle names or nicknames all the time without blinking an eye. It's no different here. And a birth name is often referred to as a dead name and can be painful for a trans person. Also remember that it is dangerous to be a transgender person in our society still. It is their decision who to share that with. Do not assume that everyone knows and avoid outing someone. For example, I worked with a transgender colleague who transitioned her pronouns privately among close family first before she was ready to use she, her pronouns in a professional setting. If you don't know, ask in private before you out someone. Avoid compliments or advice based on any gender stereotypes. I've actually started noticing gendered language here and stopped trying to do this for any person. Instead of, oh, you look so pretty. How about, I love the color of your dress. Definitely never, you look like a real woman. Transgender women are women. You won't get it right all the time, and that's okay. We don't always remember someone's name or how to pronounce it, but we keep trying and correct ourselves to get it right the next time. All right, so it's important here um, that we do spend a little bit of time on non-binary gender-conforming folks as well, because a lot of times this conversation is hyper-focused on trans women, you know, women who were assigned male at birth and have uh, since, you know, come out as being uh, transgender women, feeling more like women in their body, and... 
I'm not sure why that is. My theory is because that's who we are most scared of as a society, right? We've got that boogeyman notion that these are actually men who are trying to deceive us, who are trying to, you know, trick us and, you know, because they want to, I don't know, be the fastest runner on the sports team or they want to get nefarious in a bathroom with somebody, right? That's who we're scared of. Um, A lot of folks are, are not scared in the same way of a a trans man, you know, someone who was assigned female at birth, um, who is now identifying and living as a man, you know, we don't give them the same credit because we almost treat them sometimes as a, a woman light, you know, or they're really a woman that couldn't really hurt anybody, you know, that kind of thing. And so there is less fear surrounding, but certainly, um, being dismissive of those identities is, no less troubling, uh, obviously, than uh, dismissing the identity of trans woman. So let's talk a little bit about being non-binary and gender non-conforming and what that means. Well, non-binary is basically someone who does not identify exclusively as a man or a woman, right? We've talked about all the different you know, kinds of gender expressions and how they're affected by brain and hormones and chemistry and environment and experience. And so an experience where you don't feel like fully a man or fully a woman, or sometimes you might go back and forth and feel more like a man or more like a woman one day, these non-binary folks may identify as being both man and woman somewhere in between or as falling completely outside these categories altogether. So the gender binary here is what um, we're trying to fight against. What we're trying to remember is not an actual thing. Um, Just because it's most people um, ascribe to a gender binary, not all folks do. And so remembering that uh, being non-binary is an umbrella term that encompasses many identities, such as agender, bigender, genderqueer, or gender fluid. So there's a lot there to unpack, but Gender nonconforming folks are also folks who don't identify in a way that conforms to traditional expectations of their gender or whose gender expression does not fit neatly into a category, right? And hopefully through this talk, you've understood that, right? That there is definitely room for either or or and all the colors in between. So some but not all gender nonconforming folks identify as transgender, right? Some may are just totally... Um, rejecting a gender binary at all. And that's okay. Some of them will want you to use they, them pronouns. Some of them may want you to use she, they, or he, they, or um, them, her. Um, That is really when it gets down to asking people what their preferences are and doing your best with it. And, you know, I hear a lot of complaints about using they them pronouns and how hard it is because that's you know supposed to be for plural and not singular people we do it all the time guys um i'm gonna link an article about that with just some great examples of how we already use they them for singular instances plenty in the english language plenty in you know like literature and journalistic writing and it's perfectly normal to use it in this situation as well It seems weird to me that we as a society complain about these things in relation to transgender folks, but don't also realize that we're already doing this, right? Like we're already using people's preferred names. Um, You know, for example, my fiance has a different first name than he uses. It's his father's name and he uses his middle name and always has. He's never had a teacher refuse to use his middle name because that was his preferred name. 
Um, and you know, all these folks talking about free speech and, you know, trying to attach that to their rights, um, that are being trampled on by transgender kids. It's just doesn't make any sense. It's a circular argument that just doesn't really have any basis or foundation and reality, right? Because you're already doing these things with kids every day in the classroom who have nicknames, who have names they prefer, who, you know, all sorts of situations there. Okay. It costs us very little to treat someone with dignity and respect. And what we gain is more compassion, more humanity, new perspectives, and more capacity for joy. I want to say that again. When we treat other people with dignity and respect, we gain more dignity and respect for ourselves, which gives us more capacity for joy in our own lives. I'd say it's worth it. I would like to end this episode with a poem titled On Pronouns by a non-binary artist, Alok. Pronouns, they, them. So thanks for sticking with me on today's show. I hope, you know, this is certainly not the scope of everything we could talk about here about gender and non-binary folks and pronouns and all of these things, but it's a good start. And I hope you'll get curious. I hope you'll um, engage and read. I'll put some, you know, resources in the podcast notes to just read about non-binary folks and transgender folks and how they feel, how it's like for them to navigate through the world and, you know, their experiences. And that is the best way to gain some compassion. So let's take a listen to this poem. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Appalachian Overlook. We'll catch you next time. On Pronouns by Alok. We categorize English words into nine parts of speech. Many words can be more than one. Present can be both a noun and a verb, but can be a conjunction and a preposition. I can be a pronoun, an apology, a threat. Being trans means existing in the underbelly of language. The premise of speech is the promise of it. But what about those of us for whom there are no words? It's not that we don't exist. It's that we have been written out of language. Pronouns, then, aren't just about the ability to use a word like she. They are ultimately about our ability to be. This has never just been about who gets to speak. This has always been about who gets to live. This year alone, there have been over 100 pieces of anti-trans legislation in the U.S. I spent some time reviewing the bills, watching the arguments, reading the news, What quickly becomes evident is the struggle over pronouns isn't about diction, it's about dehumanization. A pronoun is a word we use to stand in for a noun. A noun is a thing, something that emphatically and unequivocally exists. We are not allowed to exist. They use their adjectives to deny us. Our pronouns because they do not believe that we are nouns. To them we are verbs. They call us dangerous because we are distracting, deceiving, destroying. These are not merely things we do. These are things we are, always doing, never being. I sat there watching them use me as a proxy to have conversations about themselves. Increasingly, sorry I, am suddenly finding it difficult to use my pronouns. Over time, this person writing to you now could no longer see its hands in front of this hairy animal in a dress. It's almost as if this degenerate creature began to ravel in front of myofascia, neurons, ligaments. This nuisance, this delinquent, this freak tried to call for help, but there were no words to be found. 
just inchoate noise, the static peach fuzz frequency between radio stations. Never forget, things are not only spoken into existence, they are also spoken into extinction.